It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. BYU falls to 5-2 and two on the season, losing at Baylor today, 38-24. The Baylor Bears knocking off the BYU Cougars. Welcome in to Cougar Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you in our BYU radio studios. We are monitoring, monitoring the post-game podium Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to have the head coach of the Cougars and players uh, coming up within the next uh, roughly 10 minutes or so. Uh, we'll be able to get you back out to Waco for those postgame comments when they happen. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, just an extension of what uh, Greg and Riley were talking about. Obviously, it's difficult for BYU to lose the two games in a row, and you're certainly going up against a future conference opponent, and you're wanting to make a good impression. And so losing by 14 is probably not feeling great to BYU. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, Baylor came out and their game plan worked. They were able to run the ball, and I know Greg and Riley were talking about the sheer number of plays. And as they had mentioned, you know, the last couple of games that has been one of those stats that you look at. And uh, the opposition has uh, run significantly more plays than the Cougars today. That number was 75 to 55. So Baylor ran 20 more plays, and and really the stat that stands out to me more than anything else is the rushing yards, and it's 303 for Baylor. They were able to run the ball whenever they wanted to, and for BYU, 67 yards, and the majority of those came on one run from Jaron Hall, uh, in which he scored a touchdown on a fourth and one, a fantastic play. Uh, but prior to that, BYU going into halftime was at negative four rushing yards. Now, sacks played a role in that, but the overall focus that Baylor was running the ball, BYU could not stop it, and BYU could not run it on the offensive side. That did not change, and that's really one of the, the stats that you look at uh, and something I know that uh, when Mitchell Jurgens talked with head coach Kalani Satake going into halftime, he mentioned it. We talked about it at halftime. He said that uh, they've just got to find a way to get pressure and slow down the rushing attack, and uh, unfortunately that just did not happen today. Total yards, 534 for Baylor. 409 for BYU. Now, the Cougars passing yards, they had the advantage. It was 342 to 231. And let's make sure that we give credit where credit is due. How about the game for Puka Nakua? A career high today. He was brilliant. We talk about how BYU couldn't stop the Baylor rushing attack. Well, nobody on Baylor's defense could stop Puka Nakua today. Five catches, 168 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, his long was 52. Uh, but he, week in and week out, continues to get better. You're starting to see him get healthier. You're starting to see him, week in and week out, gain more confidence. This is a guy that is going to be a legit problem for opposing defenses during the rest of his BYU career. He is really, really good, and today was uh, he was certainly uh, a showcase today for the BYU offense. Again, 5 for 168. And a touchdown, Jaron Hall, 22 of 31 for 342 yards. And the one passing touchdown, not to mention eight 
uh, for 25 yards. And again, the sacks take his rushing yards down at the long at 56. That ultimately went for the touchdown. But at the end of the day, BYU has now lost two games in a row. They are now 5-2. and two. And now, as Greg was mentioning going into the break, now it's all about getting ball eligible and seeing if you can get to double-digit win total. Uh, anything beyond that in terms of a, of a New Year's Six, certainly college football playoff was gone with the one loss as an independent. But now with two losses, uh, the, the opportunity to go to New Year's, New Year's Six is no longer there. So now it's about playing out the rest of the way and getting better and trying to reach those goals of possibly getting to a, a double-digit win total uh, on the season. And next week, you still play another uh, pack, or excuse me, a P5 team, uh, certainly not as good as Baylor is, uh, but Washington State, BYU heading up to, uh, to Pullman, uh, certainly not a team that you can overlook. Uh, but it is a, a game that BYU, uh, as we have seen against other uh, Pac-12 teams, uh, BYU should be able to go in and have a better performance than, uh, than what we saw from the stats today on the road at Baylor. We will take a break. We'll come back. We'll hit some scores. And if there's an opportunity to head down to the podium uh, there at McLean Stadium, we will do that as well. Your final score, 38-24. BYU falls to Baylor on the road on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU falling on the road at Baylor. Final score, 38-24. Bears knocking off the 19th-ranked BYU Cougars. Welcome back into Cougar Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you in our BYU radio studios in Provo, Utah. Also want to make sure I remind you, coming up at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 9 Eastern, over on BYU Radio 107.9 FM, as well as the BYU Cougars app and BYUCougars.com. BYU Women's Soccer, they are 15th ranked in the country. They are hosting a very good Pacific team, a team that comes in at 9-2-2. I will have the call alongside Rachel Manning-Jorgensen. That's coming your way in about an hour and 50 minutes, again on 107.9 FM locally here in the state of Utah, as well as the BYU Cougars app and BYUCougars.com slash live radio so as soon as i wrap up things here i'm heading over to southfield getting set up for some soccer tonight as byu hosts the pacific tigers speaking of other teams on campus byu women's volleyball eighth ranked in the country go on the road to pepperdine and knock off number 24 pepperdine three sets to one the cougars actually dropped set number one waves get the first set 25 21 but then the cougars win three straight 25 19 25 10 and 25 to 16. Also, in the baseball postseason, ALCS between the Red Sox and the Houston Astros. They are in the bottom of the sixth inning in Boston with a six run lead at nine to three. To top 25 college football finals for you. Number one, Georgia defeats 11th ranked Kentucky 30 to 13. The big upset of the day, Purdue. Knocking off number two, Iowa, 24-7. Big, big victory for the Boilermakers on the road. Number three, Cincinnati at home having no problem with future conference opponents. They're conference opponents now in the American, but future conference opponents in the Big 12, 56-21 over UCF. Michigan State winning at Indiana, 20-15. Number 12, Oklahoma State rallies in Austin and knocks off number 25, Texas, 32-24. Auburn takes down number 17, Arkansas, 38-23. LSU, another upset. 
knocking off number 20, Florida, 49-42. to And number 21, Texas A&M, gets the win over Missouri, 35-14. to This game just getting underway. Number one, or excuse me, number five, Alabama at Mississippi State. That game set to kick off in just a few minutes. We will take one more break. When we come back, hope to hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Cougars fall 38-24 in Waco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 38-24, Baylor taking down the 19th-ranked BYU Cougars. After starting 5-0, Cougars have now dropped two in a row, the record 5-2. Next week, heading west, heading up to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Washington State Cougars, a battle of the Cougars next Saturday afternoon, another afternoon game. 1.30 Mountain Time is the kickoff in Pullman, Washington. All right, Kalani Satake has made his way to the podium. Let's head out to Waco and listen to the head coach. To Baylor for the win and, and uh, for the way they played the game. I, I, I'm honestly just really impressed with how they handled themselves and uh, really nice to see uh, the team um, show sportsmanship and class on the field. It was really good for us to see that as well. And we think we, uh, for us, we, we like to do that and we like to play the game with sportsmanship and class. And I thought they... They were um, exactly, they, they, they had that in mind as well. So appreciate them. Uh, congratulations to them and their fan base. And uh, we, uh, we're going to have to get some things fixed, obviously. Um, not, not our best game, but uh, the guys' effort, they believe, and they kept playing hard. And just way too many mistakes. And to be honest with you, we, just, <clears throat> we were just, uh, um, we were out physical today. And so that, that was a difficult uh, game to accept. If you look at the rush yards and the inability for us to run the ball, uh, that that's uh, that's that's not our uh, that's not not our style. So uh, credit for them making plays, and uh, it's a really good team, really good team that we faced, and uh, you know they they deserve to win. So we got some things to fix and some things to. It's a really gut, a good gut check for us as we get ready for next week. Um, but uh, I really believe in these young men and believe in our coaches and. Leave what we have going on. We just we just need to find ways to be more efficient, and uh, <clears throat> and make sure that we're clicking, uh, you know, and in, 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 in the terms of execution. So, uh, yeah, I just I like to get back to the film as soon as possible and, and learn and get better from this and uh, high level frustration. But I, I really believe uh, a lot of our issues are fixable. So, uh, questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've we like to hang our hat on the fact that we're being physical. You know, I, we knew that Grimy and Mateos were going to have their own line be physical. I think it um, showed a little bit of our inexperience, maybe, and, and a little bit of youth up front. Um, but uh, with that being said, it, it it was little things like not tackling well enough. Uh, we dripped off of some tackles. Uh, they played a clean game. I mean. Looking at it, we had two penalties. They had zero. So, uh, you know, we got, we have to find ways to to play better and put them in in worse positions where they at least get a penalty or something. But we didn't do enough to stress them. Um, 
We just didn't do our part. I, uh, and I, I think it goes back to the fundamentals of the game. And so uh, we have to be a, a lot more uh, efficient on, on the defensive side, and that means get off the field, stop the run, and get the ball back to our offense so we can score points. But I, I thought the guys' effort is always there. The guys play hard. They just we weren't playing smartest, and that's my job as head coach. I have to have the. I need to have these guys ready to play, and um, and I need to have them eff, uh, more efficient as in in all three phases. So we're going to really work on that. Yeah, I mean, we, we loaded the box, and, and, and times your one-on-one coverage. And so, um, you know, they did that to us, and we were able to hit Puka downfield quite a bit and Gunner towards the end, you know. So um, you just need corners to play better. I, I don't think um, the corners challenged. I thought they made too many points, or too many yards on simple throws like slants and hitches. And so the deep balls, that, that happens, you know, and, and we knew we were going to put them on the island. We need we – need, we need uh, better fundamentals and, and uh, better. I mean, it, it goes from all, all positions need to improve. But in order to stop the run, you, you need to load the box. We did that, and they, they uh, exposed some of our one-on-one stuff. And, um, you know, we were, we were at points where we were just trying to figure out how to get, co- get coverage and also stop the, at the line of scrimmage. And they were committed to, to running the ball. And uh, the quarterback made some good decisions in their RPO scheme and uh, kept us on our heels. And so we... Go back to the drawing board and figure out ways to, to get our players in position to have more success. And but a, a lot of that goes credit to Baylor. They did some really good things. I, I've been around Grimey and and I know how how he works as an offensive coordinator. And, and they they made some some good adjustments. Thought the uh, quarterback made some really good decisions. You know, uh, we got a pick early on them, but felt like they just we just gave up too many big plays. Um, and it wasn't just the throwing game. I mean, too many big play, too too many big runs. It's uncharacteristic of our defense. So at least back to 2009, there's no mm-hmm. games with the loss at that number. So I think when's the last time? I don't know. Well, we 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 actually pride ourselves on on looking out for those type of things. You know, we practice it every week. We we, we come up with things like that to come uh, to the practice and uh, error and judgment on our players and um, error and judgment on our coaches. You know, the, the reminders and and that's just um, you say it didn't hurt us, but. It took the possession away from our offense, you know, and, and um, that's something that, that uh, yeah, I need to do a better job at when it comes down to it. So uh, they, they were trying to make the play, and uh, the, the biggest frustration is that they took away our possession there. Yeah, he, I'm, we, we really like our, our – our uh, weapons, you know, within our skill position with all our receivers and our and our um, tight ends. And we just, I don't know if we gave our offense enough plays. Um, you know, I just just uh, looking at it, we got sacked too many times. And, and um, just, it seems like, I mean, you give them credit because they made the play on us. But we, we put ourselves in, we make a, a good play and then we put ourselves in a bad spot. And then either kick a long field goal or be in a position where we have to punt now when we made big plays. So that's you just got to learn, get better. I mean, I I'm a positive guy, and, and ask the guys to 
to take every opportunity to, to let the hurt sting in the locker room, but we've got to move on and get better. And so there's a, there's a high sense of urgency from myself and the coaches and the players. And so we want to get back to it and get – just can't wait for next week and get, and get, get working on this. And then this is obviously – we don't like to lose games, especially back-to-back, but uh, there's going to be – there's definitely a high sense of urgency for, for me to get this thing back on track. Well, I mean, there's some guys that got banged up, and and you know, going into the game, uh, it, it sucks when you don't have all your guys at 100%. But that's the game of football. I, I don't know if any coaches sitting up there saying, "Oh yeah, we've got everybody going 100%." Baylor has the same issue. They have guys that are banged up too, and so, um, you know, it, it, it's the tough part of the game. And and uh, this was a really good lesson for us to come out here and play against a physical Baylor team. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, we learn from it. I, I've been in this position before where we, we, we've been, uh, felt like we got um, physically handled. And um, now we've got to see what our response is going to be. That's, that's the key. I mean, I'm really anxious to get back to work. <sighs> I mean, I, I was really impressed with the Baylor crowd, too, and with our, our fans that showed up. I mean, it's nice to have the support that we have in Cougar Nation and how awesome they were to us even um, after the defeat. You know, um, I hope they know how much we appreciate them, how much we love them, and um, really apologize for not, not uh, performing better. And I'm looking forward to learning and getting better from this. Uh, I, I, like I said, I thought Baylor um, – Really cool. Uh, you know, I know we're going into the Big 12. Um, really cool environment. Um, great fans. Uh, I thought it was a really cool setting. Um, and just really excited about our partnership with, with Baylor and the other universities in the, big, in the Big 12. Looking forward to that. Obviously, that's further down the line in a couple of years. But uh, it was really, really cool. A cool experience for us to be here all together. And, and um, looking forward to that, that relationship. Thanks, guys. Kitake will come back with, uh, oh, beg your pardon, Jason Shepard's got it. Yeah, that's the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. We will take a break, and when we come back, it'll be the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show, and you will hear from the quarterback, Jaron Hall. That's uh, right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let's see if we can get some comments from uh, Jaron Hall in the Cougar yeah, press for room. The guy, for the younger guys on the team, they're able to experience this today. It'll be here when we enter the Big 12, able to see the environment and how great of a scene it is to play football, the beauty of it, you know, how, how great and, and generous the fans of Baylor were and, and uh, just how good a football there is out here in the Big 12. Baylor's a great team. We knew they were. Uh, we knew it would be a dogfight. Um, so, you know, props to them. And, yeah, it's just, it's just good to see the type of football there is in the Big 12 and what there is to look forward to, and there's a lot. Cool. 
Yeah, sure. It's just a, just a quick protection, and you know, I just didn't get the ball out, or the dude slipped. I haven't seen the play yet. So, yeah, just that's, that's football. You know, you get sacked, and you, you fumble every now and then. So, But that definitely played a role we were in, in the game and the momentum of it. We were cruising down, hoping to score, at least get a field goal. Um, you turn the ball over any time, and then, you know, the result is, you know, momentum shift. I didn't, but I can imagine what it would have looked like. I hope he didn't sprain his ankle this time. Hopefully he's good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, anybody we had out there, we were ready to throw the ball to. Um, all, all, all we can film, we saw opportunities to throw the ball down the field. We knew the safeties would be aggressive, um, and we knew they'd come down to stop the run. Um, so we knew that we'd have a lot of chances to throw matchups outside, and Puka happened to be there every time. But, you know, whoever was out there, whether it was Gunner or Neil, um, you know, they were making plays, and the ball was thrown to them. No, no, I, I think that's a cop out if you think if you think that way, you know, we just had to execute plain and simple whether they're on to us or not, you know, regardless, we still had opportunities to make plays. But I mean, during the week prepping, you know, we had to change some things for sure for that. But, you know, not during the game. No, no, we've seen it all week. Um, you know, number eight, their their uh, their nickel was a, a freaking great player. I mean, one of the best off uh, defensive players we've played all year, and timed up a lot of snaps. And other times he'd start from death. We knew it happened. Um, we knew it happened. So whether he was the one that got there a couple times or was you know somewhere else, I'm not sure. But uh, no, we we knew it'd, it'd be happening. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and hear from Tyler Batty as our postgame coverage continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Bingo Tires Cougar Locker Room Show continues down to the BYU press room. Tyler Batty talking to the media. Sorry, folks, we don't hear the questions to the players, but we hear their responses best we can. It's not a great yeah, microphone setup. Uh, they're, they're, they definitely they cut quite a bit, um, their offensive linemen, and we ended up with a lot of guys on the ground, unfortunately, and, and some of that did lead to injury. I think it depends on the person, um, but today I think as guys went down, we had other guys step up, you know, next man up, and, and they stepped in and filled those roles well. No. Um, I, In a way, yes. In a way, no. Uh, today we did not play our game. Uh, we need to we need to oil the machine up and 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 get it back on track and and running, um, and they're again they're a good team and so looking forward to uh, joining the Big Big Twelve here in a couple of years. Um, I mean we can we can definitely compete um, and 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 play against teams of this caliber no problem. I you guys are hungrier than ever. 
Uh, we have a lot of competitors, uh, fierce competitors that want to play, want to win, want to perform. And as disappointing as, as this is, our guys, you know, we'll hang our heads for a second, but we're going to pick them back up and go to work, get things taken care of. Um, so, of course, we went and we shook hands, and then uh, we, we knelt down and, and, and said a prayer with them, which was really cool uh, to be able to share that with them after, you know, a tough, intense game. Absolutely. Uh, football is great, winning is great, but there's definitely more to football than, than just football itself. There are a lot of things that are more important, and football is just a, a vessel, a way we can impact others. Again, folks, apologies for the reporter setup, microphone setup down there. We don't hear questions, just answers. And we see the situation we're a little bit different, but we'll take what we can from down there. I'm not sure if that's it with Tyler Batty. That may be the last thing from Tyler. So we'll take a break. We'll continue on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We believe that uh, Puka Nakua will be next at the press room microphone. Puka is at the podium. Let's head down there. No, again, we can hear Puka's answers, not necessarily the questions, but we'll take what we can get from Puka after his big day today. Um, not, not really. We knew that they were going to put some guys in the box and kind of leave us in some one-on-one matchups, but... When we got when I, I hit that kind of that fourth or fifth step right off the line, I was able to see that they were, they were giving us the looks that we wanted to go deep. Yeah, um, just trying to do as much as I can when the ball came my way. I tried to make the plays that they were there, but uh, I was proud of the guys. I love those guys in that locker room. Uh, I love our our entire coaching staff. Coach Line is the best, but. We just got to go out there and execute a little bit better. We're, we're, we're getting the job done. We're not really hurting ourselves too much, but we're also not making the big plays at the same time. So got room for improvement, but we'll be ready to go. <laughs> um, a little bit. I mean, we, we, get the, we get those reps in practice, so well, I've seen that ball come out of Jaren's hands a lot of times, so I knew he was going to put it out there and leave it up to me, and I was able to go out there and get it. But I know the wind out here did have a little impact, but we were, stay, we were still able to connect and ha have a good day so far. Puka Nakua at the podium after his five-catch, 168-yard day today, one touchdown for Puka. It was fun. The, the environment was amazing out here. Uh, it was actually super cool to to come out of the locker room at the beginning of the game and have some BYU chants going. You could hear it out of, all the way across the the stadium. So, being a BYU player is uh, is definitely a blessing to be able to have our our fans travel out. But it was a good football team. We expected nothing else. I mean, we knew exactly what we were uh, coming into, but just weren't able to do the things that we wanted to. But that was a good football team we just played out there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's 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 the blessing of being a part of this program and the loyal fans. I, I was out there able to go talk to some fans after the game, and we had fans from uh, from Idaho and fans from Virginia and stuff like that. So I'm definitely blessed to have those people come out and support us. Uh, we're definitely lucky to have that. Puka's 168 receiving yards, most since a Dax Milne had 184 in Texas against Houston last year. And Puka remains at the podium. Um, I don't think it's anything that needs to be said. I think we got a good, a good group of mature guys in there, but we just got to come out and execute. I think a little bit more energy in the beginning. We've had two day games, which are two back-to-back -back losses. Uh, a slight maybe schedule change for us, but I just don't think we came out with the energy and juice that we needed to. As much as our fans help, uh, we need juice on the sidelines, and just everybody's got to be ready to go from the first kickoff to the last whistle that's blown in the game. We just got to be ready to go. Uh, to go out there and punch somebody in the face and then take the punches that somebody else is going to give us and keep rolling and make sure we execute our job. Puka Nakua taking questions mm -hmm. in the press room. Yeah, I just think um, in the run game, I, I just briefly like kind of re-examining the game, just uh, knowing that there are blocking assignments that I didn't get to, uh, just being assignment sound on every play out there. Uh, we're, we're making the big plays, and but there's the little plays of the, first, the second down zone read or that we're running, uh, going down, making sure we get the safety out of the box. Uh, they had a good secondary and they had a good defense out there, but making sure that when we get the looks that we want, we got to be able to execute and do what we need to. And that may be it with Puka. So Puka Nakua has concluded his comments. We'll take another break, and that'll be it for BYU players. We'll come back with more from Waco as we continue. Kalani Sitake is forthcoming. BYU falls to Baylor today by a score of 38-24. By the way, uh, Puka Nakua, uh, one of the bright spots of the day, the brightest spot today. Five catches for 168 and a score targeted eight times, caught five of them, and he is and will continue to be a great one for BYU. We'll take a break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so we are back here at Waco, McLean Stadium. We may have a player uh, joining us on the headset before we have Kalani on the headset. So we'll, uh, we'll just stay with it for a little bit, see if that uh, does transpire down at field level. I want, to take a look, I want to take a look at the plays snapped uh, number, Riley, for the last few games. And again, it's not everything. BYU had a great yards per play number today, 7.4. You expect to win that game. In fact, I went back to 2009, and that's where I found the last game BYU lost at better than seven yards per play. That was against Florida State back in 09. Remember that one, Max Hall? Yeah, uh, I, I actually probably contributed to that because <laughs> when it, we we well, sorry, I was gonna say we won twos versus twos, but ones versus ones, that thing got ugly. So that game, BYU actually had like eight point nine yards per play, but because of the turnovers, lost the game. Yeah, and that's the last game you got to go back to before today, where you had seven yards or better per play and lost the games. So normally, that's a good enough to number to win, but then conversely, BYU allowed seven point one. And since 2005, BYU's never beaten a P5 uh, when, it, when a team uh, averages seven, point yards, uh, seven yards per play or more. But that said, the point is, uh, it's not just the number of plays, but what you do with them. And BYU had a good yards per play number today. That said, this week, uh, BYU minus 20 
in plays run. Last week, BYU minus 10 in plays run. Uh, the week before that, it was minus 18. The week before that, it was minus 22. Uh, the week before that, it was BYU plus 5. So you got to go back. So the last four games, BYU's run at a double-digit disadvantage in yard, in, rather, in plays run in four straight games. Again, it's not everything. Uh, neither is time of possession. But ultimately, uh, it does mean that your defense has to defend a lot more plays than your offense is forcing the opponent to defend. And today it was minus 20. Uh, Baylor snapped 20 more plays than BYU. When you're snapping 20 more plays and you're averaging seven yards a play, well, you're probably not going to win. It's not meaningless. I mean, you yeah. know, you're saying that it... It's, uh, it's not everything. It doesn't mean everything, but it's also not meaningless. And this, they ha- in my opinion, they have to figure it out. Uh, the, the defense is obviously struggling. That's part of it. Um, but the offense also has to find a way to run more plays. We also, Greg, it, the first three and out, I believe, wasn't until the fourth game of the year. But in games five, six, and seven now, we've, uh, you know, had – B- BYU has had their fair share, and uh, we're talking offensive three and outs. Offensive three yeah. and outs, yeah. Meaning the the offense, it's a team effort. It's not it, spending enough time on the field. Th- this total plays, this time of possession, this inability to get any kind of r- any kind of rhythm going, is uh, is not just the defense's fault. Because you say to the defense, "Hey, stop them and get off the field," but offense, it's also sustained drives and keep plays going. Right. If you're scoring on quick drives, that's fine. But if you're if you're going three and out. Uh, and, and that's your sacrifice in the time of possession. Well, that's not uh, that's certainly suboptimal. Possession time today was uh, minus 11 minutes, and again, BYU's had great teams that don't have a lot of possession time, but there's a combination of factors involved today. And it was the fact that Baylor had the ball a lot and it did a lot with uh, the time they had with the football, averaging 7.1 yards per play. And again, the shame of today is among them is that you, you, you – uh, uh, you, you don't get to take advantage of the big day by Puka Nakua. I would imagine, too, when you have a guy go off like that, usually comes in a win. Certainly when your quarterback goes you know, 174 in the pass efficiency, um, you win that game. In fact, I went back to the, the stat, base I ha- stat database I have goes back to 2009, so 12 years, and there were no games that BYU lost at 170-plus in pass efficiency. That's just a, that's an excellent number. Um, it's a superior number. And so to lose it, that number is very rare. Of course, you look at the flip side of it, and BYU averaged 2.8 yards per carry on 24 carries. Uh, Jaron Hall ends up with 23 net yards on a day. He had a 56-yard touchdown run. (laughs) Five sacks. Sacked five times. A guy like – well, there's two – I mean – Man, five sacks. I I think that, well, not that it's all comparing to last year, but last year's offensive line play and quarterback play was exceptional, and I think that the whole season there was uh, somewhere around ten sacks or so. But uh, that's a combination of two things. One, Jaron's got to get the ball out of his hands, um, and two, the offensive line has to play better. And so – you know, it it can it shows how those negative plays can so easily replace very positive and electrifying plays over the course of a game. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from a Kalani Sitake, maybe also a BYU player. Uh, we may, in fact, have a player before the break. Uh, let's take a look. Um, I think James Empey might be popping on the headset. It looks like that's what's happening down at field level. And I think that's indeed what's happening. I think James Empey is getting ready to put on the headset. So I think James is putting it on. And if James can hear us, we'll say hello to James Empey, if that's who indeed I spy through my binoculars. James, is this you? He's on now, Greg. James, is this you? Dylan. Hello, I've got you. Is this James Empey? 
Yes, sir. Good. I'm using the binoculars, and I thought, you know, through the bill of the cap, I thought that was James because I see that handsome mustache of yours, <laughs> I believe. Hey, well, thanks for taking a minute. Uh, tough one for the boys here today. Um, it's kind of kind of a tale of two impressions for me today because on the one side, I, I was um, very encouraged by uh, the reception BYU got, the, the, the style of play Baylor played with, uh, everything about the game day, and there were a lot of good things about the way BYU played today. Ultimately, it's an unsatisfying result, um, and so there's that side of it too. Um, what positives will you take from today, and what things are you saying, man, we got to clean up? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's probably to, uh, I mean, pretty apparent to you and, and anybody else who watched the game. Our, I thought our receivers played great, man. Puka played out of his mind. Um, every single one of them um had a had a huge reception somewhere down the line and we were able to push the ball that way um and so i'm proud of those guys um obviously we had you know more sacks than we would have liked um so we need to clean up protection and and we just got to find a way to to run the ball um and get the ball moving so that we can be a little bit more balanced and and take some some of that heat off um you know hats off to baylor i thought they uh, played a tough game. They were physical. They flew around and, and uh, kind of bottled us up and, you know, were able to get after us a little bit. But, you know, I think I think there's a lot to build on, a lot to learn from. Um, and, you know, that's what we're all about. So, yeah, we're – I mean, it. you know, you don't like to lose. Um, nobody does. And uh, we got to find a way to, you know, fix what we need to fix and, and learn from what we need to learn from and, and grow and, and move on. And, you know, I think we got the guys – um, the right guys in every room and at every position. And, you know, we're going to keep, you know, working our butts off and, and, and trying to do those things. James, you mentioned the uh, giving up more sacks than you would have liked. To me, I'd like to hear your opinion. Look like uh, the best front four that you faced all year. How much of, of the sacks were due to just great athletes on the other side of the ball and how much was due to scheme? Um, I, I don't know if it would be scheme – uh, necessarily um, because you know we we do what we do and we we've we've done a good job all year at, at keeping that clean um, they they were good at getting after the ball they had a you know a, a pass rush package they they'd bring in on um, you know passing downs and stuff like that and really try to get after it um, I don't know if it's the best front we've seen um, but we obviously made more mistakes than we have um, so you know as you know the o-line just depending on on you know what happened and and how the sacks happened and all that we we um you know you can point the finger at us and and we'll we'll carry that and we'll um you know work our butts off to get it better because we got to give these guys time as you can see if we give them time then you know they can uh push the ball down the field on anybody and uh, we got the people to do it and so you know we got to put that on our backs and and do a better job especially when you know we're we're not um running the ball as as good as we want to we got to be able to you know, be versatile and do everything, and you know, we got we got stuff to work on, man. And and uh, I think I think we got the guys to do it, and we'll have to, you know, go back to work and hit the grind and and see what we can do. In the pushing it down the field category, Jaron Hall last week career high in passing with 302. Today he goes 342, and had an excellent pass efficiency rating. Normally you win those kinds of games. Again, the rush game maybe didn't balance the pass game like you'd like, but you clearly have a guy who who can sling it pretty well back there. Yeah, we do, and and you know he's he's doing a good job, and we gotta we gotta take advantage of the times that we're close to the the end zone. You know, we had a a sack that made it a longer field goal, and um, you know a sack that kind of took us off the field. Um, you know, that kind of happened twice on us. So if, if we can protect a little better, um, you know, I know that we can 
you know, fix those mistakes and, and uh, you know, it's a lot closer game and, and we have a better chance. Uh, but, you know, one thing for sure is our guys fight, man, and, and we got guys that are playing really hard and, and doing their best. And if, if we can just clean a few things up and, you know, the things you saw today, they're all fixable. If we can clean a few things up, we can, you know, get back get back rolling and, and get going. But we got to be, you know, you, you got to you gotta, you gotta look at the film. You got to look at everything and, and be honest with yourself and be able to, you know, take that and, and move on. And like I said, we got the guys to do it. And, and uh, you know, I'm proud of the way we fought to the end. And I, I think there's a lot to work with here. And I'm excited moving forward. James, this week was the first time on a or first time in a while that you guys have been on a plane, and that's going to be the story of the second half of the schedule as you make your way up to Pullman, Washington next week. Uh, was there anything different about preparation or, or getting on the plane, or did you guys kind of handle it in stride? No, I, I, I mean, m most of the guys have been here before. You know, it's it's a road game, and, and, yeah, we'll have a few more road games here down the stretch. We had kind of a cool schedule with a lot of early home games and, uh, you know, a close game in Vegas, a close game in – in uh logan and, and stuff like that so you know i i i will we'll just keep preparing the same way and keep working our butts off and approach these like um you know business trips and you know definitely uh, a, a time to learn here uh, and a time to grow and we gotta love and learn that's what we do james what's in sight for this team at five and two right now what are you playing for what kind of motivates this team moving forward do you think beyond the week-to-week -week improvement and winning every game which we'd expect from you guys Hey, you know, nothing. nothing's promised in football. And uh, you don't know how many plays you're ever going to have. You don't know how many games you're ever going to have. You just have what's next, you know what I mean? And so uh, you just got to take it one thing at a time, uh, approach each day as a chance to get better and a chance to grow, and take advantage of every opportunity because, you know, it's it's football. And, and you guys know as well as anybody, it, you know, you, you only get you only get so much and you never know when the, when the time's up. And so um, – I think that motivates guys, you know, we're just going to take advantage of every moment, keep learning, and, you know, we, we get to play a game, you know. We get to play a game and, and have fun doing it, and, and uh, you know, it means a lot to us, but there's a whole lot to life um, outside of football that the game gives back to us. So we got to respect the game and do everything we can to be our best and, and, uh, and just take every opportunity, um, you know, take – not take any opportunities for granted, you know. So I think that's what we got to do. We got to get back to, to our grind, get back to being us, and, and uh, keep moving forward. All right, sounds good. Uh, of course, your next win will make you bowl eligible. Hopefully that comes next week and postseason is meaningful and a lot still left on the table. Thanks, James. Thank you. That's James Empey. Appreciate it. Okay, Kalani Sitake is coming up next. This has been the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. We'll hear from the coach after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. <laughs> Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Also by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome to the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson up here in the broadcast booth. Kalani Sitake, head coach of the Cougars, down at field level for us. Baylor's a winner today over BYU by a score of 38-24. Second-ranked win for Coach Aranda and the Bears. BYU falls to 5-2. and two. The Bears go 2-6-1. First game of the second half. BYU's second half of the season goes to the visitors, or the home team, the Baylor Bears, in the start of a 
Big 12 relationship that will continue for years to come. All right, down to the coach. Kalani, uh, thanks for coming on. And, and maybe we did hear your, your, your press room uh, summation. As you've sat and kind of um, thought on this one maybe for a few more minutes, uh, anything jumped to you that maybe didn't come top of mind when you first talked to the press? Uh, I mean, just want to get to the to the film and, and get better, and and uh, you know, I just really believe in our guys still, and, and um, you know, just just not. I I, I would have been okay with the with the loss if had we played our best, you know. But uh, I just feel like there's so many things that we could do better, and um, that's my job. That's what I that's what I'm here to do is get our players in a better position to have success and to, to perform better. And so I'm looking forward to to working on that. And I just uh, you know just um, Apologize to the fans. I just, I'll, I'll do better next time. Coach, uh, the rushing game. So last week, it's a little bit different story. Uh, last week, Boise was kind of chopping wood. They only averaged about three yards per carry this week, seven yards per carry. But the, but the common theme in both weeks is they've been able, the opponent's been able to stay on the field uh, with, with the rushing attack. And you talked about in your press conference loading the box. Um, it, is, is it a... Is it an effort thing? Is it a scheme thing? How how are you continuing to solve that puzzle? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's an effort thing. The guys played hard. It's just uh, you know, when when guys are required to make tackles, they have to do that better. And uh, it goes down to the fundamentals of the game. I, I thought uh, you know, we we weren't controlling the line of scrimmage. They they were playing really physical up front on us, and uh, you know, we we weren't doing enough to put them in bad position. I, I thought they. Uh, you know, for for the most part, owned the line of scrimmage. Um, that's something that we really pride ourselves on, and and uh, we had some guys on the field that that is their a good, a good part of their first time really getting a lot of reps, and that's uh, you know that that's what they have, they have to step up and make plays, and and um, and then on on our side, the coaches side, we have to put them in better position. So I, I just really disappointed about the performance, but um, Baylor made some plays. They were playing physical and. Uh, you don't get that many rush yards just just by uh, by chance. Uh, they took it to us, and uh, we're more, way more physical than us. And so this would this would be a good learning lesson for us if we're going to play in the Big 12 and play against Baylor. That we're going to have to be a lot more physical than that, and and our our D line is going to have to be a lot better and more stout. Yeah, leading us to our economics partner's valuable stat of the game, BYU's accounting program nationally ranked, so it's no surprise that one of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. And today's valuable stat of the game unfortunately works against you today, Kalani, and that's 6.4 yards per rush for the Baylor Bears today. Yeah, that's, you're not going to win a lot of games doing that. <laughs> and uh, you're not going to win a lot of games where you don't run the ball well. So, uh uh, two, two, two negatives against us, and um, you know, um, didn't do enough defensively to get the ball back for our offense, and and uh, just overall, just we could be a lot better. And so, that, to me, that that's the thing that we want to fix is figure out why we've lost the line of scrimmage uh, two weeks in a row. All right, we'll come back with uh, closing comments from the coach as we continue. BYU falls to Baylor today, 38-24. Our final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. <laughs> You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Larry D. Miller, Cougar 
Postgame Coaches Show brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Well, today's loss to Baylor takes a bit of the shine off a spectacular game from Puka Nakua. Five catches, 168 yards, and a touchdown. Kalani Sitake, BYU's head coach with us, and he just gets better game by game, doesn't he? Yeah, he's starting to uh, understand the offense a lot more and, and learning more than just the one position. So he's uh, definitely proven that he be belongs on the field, and, and he's, a, he's a big target. So you all you do is throw the ball in the, in the general area, and he'll make the play most of the times. And, and it seems like uh, at least once a game we're talking not about his catches also, but his blocks. He's a good blocker uh, for his size, too. He, he does all, all the right things with effort and energy on the line scrims. I mean, a, a good portion of our guys do that, but he's uh, someone that you can really count on just doing all as much as he can with effort. And uh, that when, when guys do that, we have a better chance of having big plays. Riley has a better feel for this and can talk more to it, uh, Kalani. But uh, Jaron Hall has now played his second game back after missing a couple. And, and looked and felt a little more like himself in game two as opposed to game one. Uh, your thoughts on, on how Jaron performed today back there? I thought he did some good things. I had to watch the film. Um, you know, we, we gave up way too many sacks, and uh, I think a lot of that has to do with some hesitation. But also I know that there's a couple of those that, that right, the wrong routes were run, and so that's not on the quarterback. Um, and, and it's not any new install. It's things that, that uh, just mistakes that we made and, and – um, we just got to fix that. I know Fessy and A-Rod will get back on it, but I uh, just want to see our offense uh, get the ball more. And, and this is a, is a couple things. We got we have we gotta get off the field defensively, get turnovers and big plays, and and our offense has got to find ways to punch in, punch in the, and take advantage of big plays that they're making on the offensive side. Coach, a big part part of the early season success for the offense that hasn't been there maybe to the degree that it was it was the establishment of the run game. The last couple of weeks it's been a little bit harder to get that going. Is that uh, a factor of the fact that the O-line's maybe banged up a little bit and has some different combinations or your running back's a little beat up? Why has the run game been so hard to get going the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. <laughs> and and, um, and so you could probably find um, – uh, some fault in all of that and, and the reasons for it and all the things that you mentioned. Um, you know, and, and, and um, just got to get our guys to play better. And, and uh, we, we love what Tyler does, but, you know, just play more physical, play more, more his style of football, which is run the ball and get in the end zone and, and be physical. Put your pads down and run some people over. Sometimes that's just what it's going to be. It might be tough sledding, and you might have to grind it out and, and uh, maybe pop some, some um, tackles and some miss, some missed tackles and, and uh, just grind it out. That's just part of what what we do as as an offense. And um, maybe we're lacking that a little bit. But I don't. And then, you know, we've had some different guys that line up at at, at a tight end and, and O line. But that's okay. You guys have got got have to find a way to to make plays. And um, we're going to get some really good stiff competition uh, that want to own the line of scrimmage. And so we have to make them pay when they commit a lot of people in the box. And that that's probably why Puka made a lot of big plays. But I want to make sure we take advantage of those big plays that we make and, and follow it up with touchdowns. And a tip of the hat goes to the two lead running backs for Baylor today. Uh, Ebner and Smith averaged nine and seven yards a carry respectively. Smith went for 188 on 27 totes, scored three times. Those are a couple of good backs you were dealing with today too. Yeah, and tons of speed and physical, and, and they broke tackles and, and we didn't. So, um, you know, fundamentally, we have to do better, and, and we we were dripping off some of the tackles, and and guys taking on the were on the ground too much on defense, and that's on me. I got to find a way to get better. We 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 definitely have to find a way to be, get better, and uh, young guys have to go, have, just have to grow up real quick, and that's 
sometimes this type of experience is, is, is something that they can really learn from and um, you know, perform better next week. That's, that's what we're banking on. All right, right back on the road, too. You'll go to Washington State and uh, take on a second straight opponent away from home. So you'll be uh, heading out on the road at the end of next week and back-to-back P5s, back-to-back-to-back P5s. You've done that before. You'll do it again here with uh, Wazoo and Virginia in your next two. Yep, and, and uh, you know, I'm not really worried about the opponent as much as we just need to play our brand of football. And so, because um, you don't think it's happened yet for a full sixty minutes, no, do you? no. I just, I just like to see a lot of consistency, and, and um, you know, that we've we've got to find out the reason for disconnect on it, and and using the fact that we have some inexperienced guys, it's just not going to work anymore. I mean, that's that's just not our our deal. We're mid-season form now, and so guys have 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 to find ways to get better, and and that's that's my job, guys. I mean, the, the players have given us all the effort and uh, the energy. And uh, I need to do a better job and make sure our guys are in a better position to have success. And um, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, finally, Kalani, it's not the result you wanted, but what a great day of football at a wonderful venue with a great fan base, both from BYU and Baylor. Excellent hospitality. I hope this is a great thing uh, for years and years to come. Again, the result wasn't there, but a good overall experience from a football and hosting standpoint, and, and I'm sure that everyone was impressed. Yeah, definitely a wonderful stadium, uh, a wonderful environment. Uh, you know, we're excited about about uh, seeing Baylor um, more in the future. We'll obviously see them next year when they come to, to Provo, and then we'll, we'll bank on seeing them more more often. So, um, you know, what we need to do is improve not only this week, but but uh, also improve as a program as we go along. I mean, we're 5-2. and two. I think a lot of people had us around there, just different losses, <laughs> you know, and uh, – but what I what I'm more more concerned about is, is is getting the consistency from our big playmakers, and uh, that's in all three phases of the game. You know, the special teams not in, immune to that too. We we can be better. Uh, Rico had a had a bad punt today, and and um, you know we missed a field goal. So, and we were in a position to have a shorter field goal, and we end up losing play losing uh, yards on a sack. And so, all that stuff complements each each other, and we'll, we'll we're committed to figuring it out and making sure that we play better next week in, in uh, Pullman. All right, Kalani, thank you for the time. Safe travels to you and the boys, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Hey, love you all, the Cougar Nation that showed up. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Kalani. All right, that is the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Rubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let us pause. Ten seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so we are back at McLean Stadium here in Waco, Texas. Let's begin BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, as we often do, taking our first segment to hear from the other locker room and the opposing head coach. He is Dave Aranda in his second season. Last year he went to 2-7. and seven. This year he's 6-1. and one. Our thanks to... Jake Roper, our intern, broadcast intern, making this trip for heading down to the Waco, uh, the Baylor locker room here in Waco and getting his postgame comments. So this is a short time ago. Head coach Dave Aranda kicking off BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now with his postgame comments. Let's hear what he had to say. Um, 
proud of our team, proud of our, our players and our coaches. You know, this was a standard game, I think. Not having stuff from the outside kind of push us to, um, to achieve in this game, I think, is a big, um, is, is a, a big thing for us. You know, having it come from the inside, you know, intrinsic, intrinsically um, being able to push yourself. I think, you know, just looking at it from a big picture view, right, the more we can get away from, hey, this was a great game, and so now we're going to be a, a big fat cat and kind of let stuff come to us or, and then, you know, start slow in, in games or, you know, hey, this was a loss. This was something we didn't do well, so now we're going to be way motivated. And uh, just that roller coaster that I think as a fan just makes college football so fun to watch and follow. I think as a coach and as a player, just makes it, um, you know, that that has nothing to do with winning. It has a lot to do with losing. And so the ability to, um, to um, intrinsically push yourself, right, and hold your teammates accountable and, um, and really, um, you know, bring your best daily. The best would, would be what we would call our standard. And you know, this was a standard game. You know, if we could stack Mondays on top of Tuesdays, on top of Wednesdays, and, you know, it would be our standard versus theirs. So awfully proud of our team for that. I think that was a big step um, in the right direction. And so um, a lot of things we can get better at at the same time. And so uh, looking forward to attacking that here coming up in this bye. I'll take any questions you guys got. The, the complimentary football you all played the last two weeks, is that, does that show a lot of growth in your team? Yes, I, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up. We talk about that quite a bit. We, we talk about team, then unit, then me. And I think you know, there's so many facets and ways that that shows up. You know, just having a team of no superstars, uh, having a team of no, um, you know, of, uh, of uh, no selfish units, right? and of, of just people backing each other up. Like you say, like you go for it on fourth down, you don't make it defensively come out and make a stand or defensively if we give up this or we 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 uh, lose track of someone or we lose a gap and offensively let's respond and I think you know it's a team game and so what 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 allows us to be at our best is guys playing for each other and holding each other accountable and pushing each other to be their best and I think that's showing up. Dave, zero penalty tonight. That, How about um, that? <laughs> How gratifying is that? Um, I think it's a good step. You know, I think we've we've um, we talk about it quite a bit. I think you know, looking at looking at sport as a way to master yourself, I think is is the approach. Um, and I think you know, I think for any type of self mastery, there has to be a craft that you work. Uh, I think the craft, especially the harder the craft, brings out that mastery of self if you look at it like that and um, you know I think football is hard especially when you don't look at it that way you know it, it's more of like an outlet it's more of like you know I'm pissed off at life I'm gonna take it all out when I'm playing football and so to to um, to kind of flip that around is difficult and so I I appreciate their um, their understanding and their listening and all of it because it means a lot to me. Dave you mentioned earlier in the week that is a physical team. Mm -hmm. you expect this to be a physical game. Do you like the toughness your team showed today, both sides of the ball? 
Yeah, it was, it was important to run the ball. I mean, we have our, our goals, and one of them was to run the ball and stop the run. And so, you know, offensively, I think it's been somewhere where I think it's a great, it's a great lesson for them on just, you know, it's the same guys, a lot of them, that really struggled to run the ball maybe in spring and in fall camp. And it just shows you what confidence can do and uh, confidence from coaches, right, confidence from teammates, and then finally confidence in yourself. And... Uh, we're a pretty strong, confident team in running the football right now. And I think, you know, once you do that, right, other things can kind of come to you, the throw game, the protection. You know, I look at it on the other side. For us, with on defense, there were times where, you know, didn't know if it was going to be a run or a pass, so we were uh, pretty conservative on some of the creepers and pressures that we would normally give because we, we value um, – you know, BYU's ability to run the ball as well as they do. And so I think when you can establish the run, you know, it tilts, it tilts, the, uh, it tilts the game in your favor. And so really proud of the offense. I thought defensively, you know, I think they were able to hit uh, a shot play early. And uh, we were kind of racing to get stuff fixed to stop them. Uh, we really didn't do that. Uh, offensively, they kept trying to find new ways of throwing them. And so I think in that chase, they just, you know, the run game kind of passed them by. And so anytime that that happens, we'll take it, you know, because uh, I think there is still the, the uh, ability to improve in that area. But I, I feel like we're making strides and we're going to end up being a real physical team on both sides of it. Can you just speak on Dylan all right, that's uh, head coach Dave Aranda of the Baylor Bears talking about his team's 38-24 win over BYU. We'll come back and to see what's uh, showing up on the Twitter feeds as we pursue and proceed along with Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation now. That's hashtag BYUCNN. You can also email us. Some folks like the uh, longer form communication mode, and you can do that by emailing us at BYU, rather, beg your pardon, at CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow, one long word with two N's near the back end, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. So email or Twitter, and you can uh, tweet at me as well, just at Greg Grubel. Either way, we'll see what's out there and see what uh, leads our discussion points as we wrap up our broadcast. BYU falls to Baylor today by a score of 38-24 on a day the Bears rush for 303 yards, second most rushing yards allowed in the Satake era, the only greater number, 306, in a loss at Mississippi State back in 2017 when BYU went, well, 4-9. and nine. Uh, This year's team is 5-2. and two. And uh, still on the back half, many great things yet to accomplish. We'll come back and see what we do on Cougar Nation now after this on the new skin, BYU Sports, Nation, uh, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to McLean Stadium here in Waco, Texas. BYU and Baylor for the first time since 1984. BYU won that game in Provo. Baylor won the year before, 83 in Waco. So BYU falls 2-0-2 in Waco. And they'll get the uh, Bears at BYU next year, and then the year after that, when they play again, if they play in 2023, you expect they would, 
That'll be a conference game. We've yet to decide, yet to figure out whether the uh, Big 12 will be uh, in divisions or how the schedule will go round robins or partial round robins or what kind of rotation it'll be. But we expect this would be uh, an every other year kind of thing, a trip to Waco. And as for uh, this first trip to Waco, uh, nothing but uh, satisfaction on this end. Uh, Mitchell Jurgens has made his way up to the booth. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens with you all. Uh, Mitch, you... We're in the press room. You were joining us from field level with James Empey and Kalani Sitaka hearing what they had to say. Uh, what do you have to say after seeing BYU come short today? Uh, taking an early lead, BYU did lead 7-3 to after Baylor scored first, and then once Baylor retook the lead, the Cougars would not see it again. Yeah, I think you know the biggest thing I've taken from this is um, I think it's a good learning experience. Uh, I think last week, you know, um, you heard Kalani talk about it, right? That's two weeks in a row now that they've lost the line of scrimmage. They've just been out physicaled, and I think that's the biggest um, takeaway from this game: is you got to play more physical. You got to be big up front, and um, instead of last week almost being in a fluke, like maybe it was conditions, it was it was rainy, it was wet. I mean, this was a, a perfect night for a football game, a big opportunity to make a big splash uh, with the you know a, a future Big Twelve matchup. And it, it just it, it didn't happen, right? They got uh, um, it was out physical, and and they've got a lot of learning to do and, and growing. And uh, but the biggest thing for this, and we heard Kalani talk about it as well. I mean, this is a young football team. Um, there's a lot of young talent. I think a lot of promise that we can take from this game. Obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about Puka, um, but it, all across the board, there's a lot of young talent that I'm excited about. Um, there's definitely a lot of progression that needs to be had. Um, learning opportunities and, and growth that uh, is going to take place over the course of the rest of the season into next season. And I think, you know, this isn't something where we can look at this game and say, you know, BYU isn't the team that we thought they were. I think it, it's just going to take some time and, and they are every bit as good to compete. Um, and uh, I mean, they're going to take a lot of things from this. And now it's prepare and, and get to next week Washington State and a chance to kind of rebound and, and get back to get back to BYU football. Another e an e email coming in from Mark Schwartz who asks, uh, why do you think BYU's running game has struggled so much the last two games? Then on a more positive note, he says, what is Puka Nakua's ceiling? Riley, we'll have you handle the, uh, the run game issue first, and then we'll let the uh, former wide receiver uh, tackle Puka Nakua. Well, I asked Kalani that question in, in his uh, post-game press conference. He said, or sorry, in, in our interview with him in the coaches show, he said that it's a combination of factors. I asked if it was a mentality, a physical mentality, and he said there's a little bit of that. I asked if it was the fact that they've been missing Mason Wake, that, you know, Joe Tukuafu is out, that, that there's been a uh, Harris Lachance remains to be out. He said that that was an element of it, but whoever's on the field should uh, – you know, be be able to execute their assignment. And then uh, I asked if just the volume of carries that Tyler Algier has shouldered uh, through the first half of the season is catching up to him a little bit. And he said that is possibly a contributing factor. He wasn't a, he wasn't uh, willing to pin it down on any one factor. And um, I mean, he knows his team a lot better than I do, so I have have no real reason to take him on anything other than his word. I would just say one element is they. Um, 
a lot of times I felt like momentum builds. So if I think about the Arizona game, the Arizona State game, the Utah game, right? They they, they would get out to a fast start, then there would be a little bit of lull, and then they'd turn around. And I remember specifically Arizona, seven straight handoffs to Tyler Algier to get that the offense going again in that game. Same time, six straight handoffs again against Utah. They've tried to do that these last couple of weeks and been stymied, and then they abandon it and go back. So it's a couple of things. You want to go where your bread is buttered. Why exactly? It's, con- it's a combination of factors, as stated by Coach Sataki. Okay, um, uh, Puka Nakua. And, yeah. and we note that uh, at his yards per catch tonight was the best since you had 43 yards per grab on four grabs against Boise State in, uh, in 2015. Uh, Puka had an amazing night tonight to five catches for 168. Uh, as an ex-wide receiver, what do you see from Puka that encourages you not just about the rest of the season but what uh, what's to come for him in years to come? Yeah, so much um, is, is in store for Puka. And I think, you know, you look at a lot of receivers and you've got incredible playmakers. Uh, from an athletic ability standpoint, he's got that. Uh, but some receivers, that's where they're limited, right? Maybe they're small in size or, or they're not as fast. I mean, you look at Puka, and he's got all three. He's a, he's a big receiver. He's 6'1", 210 pounds. There's not many cornerbacks that are going to outsize him, right? He's, he's a big guy, and, and he's got the strength to overpower. I mean, you saw a lot of those jump balls today. Um, he's just bigger and, and better and more athletic, and, um, and so he's going to win those matchups. Um, and so from just a uh, – I mean, he's got all three facets, size, speed, and just natural receiver ability that a lot of people just don't have um, all of that put together. Um, and, and so, the I mean, the ceiling is, um, it's incredible being a young receiver as well. I mean, you look too early in the ge- or early this season, weeks, he didn't play week one, week two and week three, he dropped some of those, right? He didn't catch him, um, those, those jump balls. And I think he's just getting, he, he's getting more comfortable with the offense. And honestly, I mean, we're seeing just, dabble into the possibilities of what you know Puka can do for this program um, he, he's establishing himself as a clear go-to target downfield um, in the run game with his jet sweeps I mean he's just uh, an all-around player um, has a ton of tools in his bag that's uh, going to play to his advantage and, and I think we're you know we're fortunate to watch him over the course of the next several years uh, because he's got uh, he's got a bright future. I, I think I mentioned with Kalani uh, how, how good a blocker he is for his size, and yeah. then I thought about it when I said that. His size isn't that small. He's, he's a yeah. decent size. He's 6'1", 210. I guess sometimes when you're, when you're lining up against, uh, you know, Neil Pau, sometimes you might look a little smaller, but he's a pretty substantial uh, package. He's not, he's not teeny tiny. Oh, yeah, and, and w- what's nice about it, too, I mean, you look, and he's on special teams. He's on kick return for his ability to block. A lot of times you, you really won't see a starting receiver um, if he's not one of the back two because of speed, you don't see him in that blocking position on kick return, and that's they're putting Puka there because he's one of BYU's best blockers because he's just big and physical. BYU in this game, after scoring its first touchdown, had a chance to put together back-to-back scoring drives, missed a field goal uh, on a drive that, uh, you know, point-scoring opportunity goes by the wayside. Um, Cougars after in the second half scoring a touchdown, fumble going in. They were at the Baylor 33 you know, th- th- those are two-point scoring opportunities that uh, that went away in a two-score game. Uh, much against the, much like Boise State, BYU wasn't that far away from being where it needed to be to win that football game. Different feel today because of how Baylor dominated, especially on the ground. But you know, those are two drives that end with uh, with zero points when you expect points. Baylor 33-yard line, 
missed field goal, Baylor 33-yard line, strip sack fumble. When you get to the 33, you expect points of some kind. They got nothing on either drive and in a two-score game. They weren't. It wasn't like they were thoroughly, you know, taken out of the game. They lost in a two-score game in a drive that featured in a game that featured two drives getting inside the 40 with nothing. When you expect something, and um, I mean, there's no doubt when when Kalani and others speak of the line of scrimmage being lost, that did happen. You give up 300 yards rushing, you expect to lose. By the same token, when you have a quarterback go for 174.3 in pass efficiency and you gain 7.4 yards per play, and you outgain your opponent in yards per play, you expect to win. So it wasn't as if either of these last two losses, BYU had no hope. Uh, yeah, they were two-score losses, but um, you know, BYU was not uh, that far away, I guess to put it that way. And, and the Cougs' last two drives, they did score points, t- field goal and a touchdown the last two times they touched the ball. There is this point. Does BYU's offense touch the ball enough? I go over the last four games, and you've basically defended an entire football game worth of plays over four games. Over the last four games, the opponent has snapped 70 more plays than BYU. That's a football game. That's that's an offensive football game. So BYU's actually in seven games, you maybe defended eight games worth of football compared to its own offense right now. And that's uh, that's, probably an issue. Yeah, and you can see the wear and tear on the defense, right? They're, I mean... They're just, by not getting off the field, I mean, every single time a drive happens, they're getting more tired, and, and it's just helping these offenses keep going, And uh, but definitely an area to fix. The defense has to get off the field to give the offense more chances. Um, offense is proving that they can go down and score and put up points, but with limited opportunity, you're, you're limiting your upside on the offensive side and um, starts with defense getting off the field. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy we saw a little more from Jaron Hall today. Certainly the 56-yard touchdown run says he's feeling pretty close to himself again. Again, he probably has the kind of injury that will never let him feel great, I think, at any point this year. But I really thought it was a step forward from week one to week two in terms of him being back. Most definitely. Um, and uh, it just the more we... The more I think about this game, the more we analyze it. It's just so multifaceted. It's almost like whack-a-mole, right? It's like, man, the quarterback plays inconsistent, and then Jaron gets back and he plays well, and then the defense can't stop the run, and then, you know, the turnovers bite you against Boise. So, um, <laughs> Mitch, one of your first comments to, to Greg was, you know, I think this game's going to be a, a good learning opportunity. Well, I'm kind of <laughs> over the learning opportunities personally. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you're always learning. You're always doing it. But it's just hard to experience them when you're losing as well because you're managing psyche and, and continuing to do it. But that's why it's the greatest sport, in my opinion, there is. Greatest team sport. It builds resiliency, and you can't do it alone. And you need a coordination of more individuals than you need in any other sport. So, um, yeah, I trust Kalani. I trust the staff. They've been here before. Right, and they've been actually in much dire, much more dire circumstances than they are currently, and uh, I bet they're as excited as any of us to get to next week. Scott B. on the email, Cougar Nation now at byu.edu, says BYU has a long way to go to compete in the Big 12. This will be a Big 12 game in two years, and there's no doubt that between now and then, BYU will have had two more years of recruiting to P5. Uh, and that's not an unimportant thing, that BYU and its pitches now can sign players who are being promised P5 access and, and everything about the P5 they haven't been able to do before. You had the guys who really wanted to go to BYU and were conceding the lack of P5 status. Well, now that you add P5 status, I think BYU will be able to rec- recruit uh, more and better talent. And not that they're not talented now. And I think they've gone, I mean, from Kalani's first year to year five and six, clearly there's, there, there's greater depth 
all over the field. But the point that Scott makes in the email is that this will be a weekly occurrence now. You know, big you know Baylor lines of scrimmage are equal to other Big 12 lines of scrimmage. And I don't fear it so much as I am eager for what BYU will do to match that challenge. Your thoughts on what it will take to be a Big 12 football team in a couple of years, boys? It'll take a mindset of of knowing that you belong. I mean, let's let's be uh, real about what this path forward looks like. Uh, and our two closest examples, maybe that everybody's most familiar with, was back in 2010 when TCU made the jump to the Big 12 and Utah made the jump to the Pac-12. What did both of those programs have to endure? And keep in mind, they were in good shape. TCU, the year before they jumped, won the Mountain West. Utah was they've been, a— they, They've been in the BCS already. Or, yeah, yeah, they've been in the BCS. Utah, similarly, it, you know, 2009, it came down to a play in overtime that BYU beats them. The year prior to that, they're in the Sugar Bowl. So— uh, these were two teams that were already competing at some of the highest levels, and they go in and they flounder for three or four years. And that's just you're building the base of recruiting, you're convincing your your existing players that you belong, and then the other thing is you just have to get uh, think about it, think of it of like building calluses uh, on your hands. You you build up a tough skin to where you're no longer taken by surprise about the athleticism of the defensive end for Baylor, who are making swim moves on your right guard and sacking your quarterback in less than two and a half seconds. Right? You're, you're like okay, I saw this, I saw a similar dude the week before, and I'm going to see another one after him. I got to figure out a way to make a play um and so that's what it's going to take it's not going to happen all, all in one gulp and um but you got the opportunity and i'd way rather be um positioned and go through those learning lessons mitch than um the alternative yeah you know i love the mentality um comment because we talked about this last week against boise right boise came into this game with technically nothing to lose and and this is a game you look at and there was everything to prove in this game for BYU and it just didn't measure up right I think there was a lot of uh, I'm sure some internal pressure like look we're in the Big 12 now um, and we've got to make a statement as a Big 12 team and uh, there could have been players out there that weren't just not playing as loose as they should have been Um, and so yeah like Riley mentioned it's going to take some time to um, them to build confidence and feel like they belong because once they do I mean uh, we've seen BYU compete against Big 12 teams and take down talented Big 12 teams. It, it's it's happened. It's not a matter of, of being able to do it or not. It's just um, that mindset of knowing you belong, knowing that uh, there's things to prove. And, and, and doing yeah, it week in, week out. I- exactly. And, um, and so, yeah, big task ahead, but uh, definitely capable. All right, as we take a break and get ready to wrap things up here from Waco, let's get our skill testing trivia question out there so someone can win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream brought to you by the BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition have a scoop today. And, Riley, I have a trivia question for you. And it's, it's and, 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 and Mitch and our entire Cougar Nation audience out there. And it's thanks to what Riley asked me during a break a couple of breaks ago about how we were going to figure this question out tonight. So BYU next week plays Washington State. And Wazoo's nickname is the... Cougars, so you have a meeting of Cougars, right? And so we know that BYU and Wazoo are two of the teams that go by the name Cougars. How many Cougars are there? We know there are three. Three, because the other one is Houston, who Houston. we played last year. Right. So there are six teams that have the nickname, or rather there there are six teams. No, let's put it this way. There are six nicknames shared by three teams. Okay. Panthers, Owls, Cougars, Huskies, Eagles, and Aggies. There are all three of those nationally. 
Okay. Oh, what's the one that has more? Four? So the question now is, which is the most, and it wasn't one of these I just mentioned, which is the most common nickname in the FBS? Which is the most common nickname in the FBS? So I want you to tweet that to me using the hashtag, not to me directly, but uh, using the hashtag BYUCNN. So use the hashtag BYUCNN, and the first correct answer will win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Again, what is the most common team nickname in the FBS? Hashtag BYUCNN. First correct answer gets the ice cream. We'll have the answer next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, before the break, we pose the question, which is the most common FBS, FBS team nickname? And we do have the correct answer, and it comes in first for us tonight using hashtag BYUCNN from Brian Thacker, and Brian's correct answer is Tigers. There are five sets of Tigers out there, Auburn, Clemson, LSU, Milbus and Missouri. Those are the five sets of Tigers. There are four sets of Bulldogs, four sets of Wildcats, and then three sets of Aggies, Eagles, Huskies, Cougars, Owls, and Panthers. So there you go. Those are the the, the most multiple nicknames, and Tigers is the correct answer. What so we is have it about the South and Tigers? <laughs> <laughs> All of those is just unoriginal down there. Yeah, it, it's it's uh it's uh is it four teams in the SEC or Tigers? Is that right? Yeah, Missouri. No, no, A&M. three. No, no, three. Auburn, LSU, and Missouri. And then Clemson. And Clemson's well, in the ACC. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then uh, Memphis is uh, where they are. So uh, so three in the SEC are Tigers. Okay, guys, I got some uh, preview trivia for you guys. I'll give you. So it's I- not so bad that BYU and Houston are going to be Cougars in the same conference. Yeah, no, not that not big a deal. Bad. Yeah, the SEC, <laughs> for lack of originality, they will they will far outweigh us. All right. First time Washington State and BYU played was when? Do you guys know? Uh, it was a Holiday Bowl. Yeah, good. Back in 19, I want to say, 80, 81 or 82. Who scored the last touchdown of that game? There's no way you guys would know this. but <laughs> it's, re- it's relevant because, and this will give it away, he's a current member of the Athletic Administration. Uh, Tom Homo? Yeah, Tom Homo. It was, it was 81. It was, it was 1981. Played in Jack Murphy Stadium pr- prior to Qualcomm down in San Diego Holiday Bowl, and he had a 35-yard, at least according to the sports reference that I'm on. I don't mm-hmm. know how accurate that is. Anyway, he had a 35-yard interception return in the fourth quarter to uh, essentially seal the game. BYU won at 38-36, and that yeah. came the year after the Miracle Bowl. Miracle yep. Bowl was in 80. 81 was the uh, Wazoo Bowl game, first meeting. And when I was at BYU as a student, uh, I think I saw two Washington State games. That was when Jason it Hansen was, was kicking for the uh, for the Cougars, and he was like banging like 55-yarders every every time he kicked. It was huge. Yeah, it was back-to-back years in 90-91, and then the most recent time was 2012. Start, it was the first game of the 2012 season, which Riley I was Got the win. Next yep. week was Weber State, was it not? Yep. So, uh, no, that, that was the first game of the Mike Leach era, was it not? It was his first, yeah, and his first return to Provo yeah. since being a – But it was but it was his first game as well. Yeah, it was, a big, it, was a, it was a big deal. Our defense played great. They only they only mustered, I think, like 220 yards. And between Taysom came in for a big trick play, and I threw for 285. And so, like, we hung, like, 340 passing on him or something like that. And they only mustered, like, 220. So, like, Mike Leach, this – 
you know, Guru is supposed to be. Yeah, they scored six points. That was great. BYU yeah. won 30-6. to six. Cougars opened up 2-0. and oh. In the Weber State win, Riley gets hit after a long run, and then that kind of set you on a different path that a year, didn't bit. it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, me personally, but then also in that game, Mike Elisa, who was – him and Jamal were kind of our one-two punch. Mike was the, the upperclassman. Jamal was the younger guy. He snapped his arm. Also in that game, we lost our uh, – we lost um, uh, um, Famika and I. Uh, anyway – that, uh, that talk about injuries that year we just couldn't couldn't get away from them and it was too bad too because we had an awesome defense that that showed out uh, from the very get-go in that first game against Washington State so hopefully this BYU defense can find their way like that uh, 2012 defense did all right BYU and Wazoo for the first time since that game 2012 so Riley Nelson was there in 2012 Riley Nelson will be there in 2021 BYU and Wazoo 12:30 Pacific 1:30 Mountain Time kick from uh, from Pullman, and that'll be uh, next Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time pregame. We'll all be there together. We'll, uh, I think we'll stay in Spokane and drive down the morning of the game, head to Pullman. So BYU and Wazoo next up for the Cougs. Let's wrap it up for today. Thanks to our crew back at BYU Radio, our broadcast interns there, Jacob Habel and Alex Dotson, our board operators, Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our studio host, Jason Shepard, our administration crew back there in management uh, with Don Shaline and Dane Craig and Sean O'Neill. Our engineers, Sean Fay and Barry Squires. That's the crew back at BYU Broadcasting. Our stats interns working remote, remotely today were Rex Moss and Ryan Hansen. Thank you, boys. And then here in Waco, our spotter, Sean Firmage. Our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski. Our broadcast intern, Jake Roper. And our engineer, Michael Wimmer, which leaves just the man with the headsets on. And so to my far left, Riley Nelson. And to my near left, Mitchell Jurgens. And my name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score tonight is Baylor 38 and BYU 24. Kooks fall to 5-2 and two on the year. And next in action next Saturday against Washington State in Pullman. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Waco, Texas. Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships, Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.